Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Scumbags, this is the Scummy Mummies Podcast, with your hosts, Ellie Gibson and Helen Thorne. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies Podcast. I'm Ellie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. And who's our guest today, Helen Thorne? Well, someone who's not scummy, but very much a mummy, <laughs> it's the scientist, Dr. Sarah Berry. Uh, Hello, Sarah. How are you? Good, thank you. What do you like? Do you like Dr. Sarah, Dr. Berry, Doc? Big Doc. Hey, Doc, what do you like? Uh, Sarah's fine. It's better than just being called Mum. Oh, that's... that's, Maybe I should make my kids start calling me Doc. Dr. Gibson, thank you very much, Joseph. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself, Dr. Sarah Berry? Who are you? So, I'm Sarah. I'm a mum to two devilish children. Um, I'm also a scientist, so I'm a nutritional scientist at King's College London, where I have conducted research over about 25 years, Um, and I'm also the chief scientist at Zoe, the healthcare tech company. Oh, so first of all, big shout out to King's College Hospital, great bunch of lads. Absolutely. Uh, They helped me birth two of my children, and they looked after one of them for six weeks because he was so tiny, so, you know, I mean, that's all you want, Sarah, is just a cat. Don't need paint properly, don't need saying. So nutrition, now we're here to sort of talk about nutrition and diet on that, but you're not... How to put this nicely? You're not a fanatic, Sarah, would you say? You're not like, we should all be rubbing quinoa into our gums morning, noon and night and never looking at white flour. Is that where we are? Absolutely not. Okay. Do you know, my motto is that if a food is too healthy to be enjoyed, it's just not healthy at all. Ooh, we have to think about that. Can you give us an example of that, of a food like that? Well, some of the things that you just said. Quinoa. Oh, my God. It does taste like sand. It's like cardboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's tasteless, the texture. It's no point. in your teeth and then you do a speckled poo <laughs> nobody wants a speckled poo people I don't mind I don't the variation though yeah, oh. yeah I like to mix it up you know we've been talking about this on my twitch stream lately there are some people do you know this who don't look at their own poo after they've done one this is new information for me what we, we all look at ours don't sometimes we? I give it a clap if I've if it's gone. I give it a clap Some, I have I have known to clap my own crap like if it's gone up out of the loo you know like it's poked up you know <laughs> like, like a sphinx like 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 a chocolate giraffe um, <laughs> I have given it a clap, and if you do a wipe that is completely clean, like that is that is the that's, gold standard. That's like, satisfying. Like yeah. you've laid a massive carrot, and then and then and then the wipe. Ah, oh, 
feel very pleased. You, I feel high. Have after you ever that. taken a picture of one? No, that's a step too far. Isn't that is it? a step too far. But um, you know, Good. you've yes. Well, we'll get into that later. But you've sent it off, haven't you? You've What's sent that? off. Oh yes, it. oh yes. We can talk about the hammock. All excited. Oh, poor Sarah. She's been here two and a half minutes. She's already got the measure. <laughs> well, of do you just know how what? The bar yeah. is. We've we've actually published a research paper called Blue Poo. Excellent. In a world leading uh, journal called Gut. Um, and it's one of their top viewed articles and it comes from some of our Zoe research and it's feeding people uh, muffins that have blue dye in them and we look at something called transit time which is the time it takes from when you eat the food to when it comes out in your poo and so as part of this we did this big viral campaign called the blue poop challenge so we have seen a lot of poop over the last uh, 12 months oh, oh wow <laughs> make you feel a bit unwell looking at shit or are you just I, used I, to it now uh, surely you should have called it the smurf project i mean but you do you <laughs> probably copyright probably, <laughs> probably ip probably. isn't it ip laws but um it's, it's funny it's a bit like it's a bit like the beetroot theory i mean ellie doesn't eat a lot of beetroot and once we went on holiday and she ate beetroot and she was like helen I think I'm very unwell. <laughs> I made her come and look at my wig because I thought I was pissing blood. She was like, no, you've just eaten a vegetable, love. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was that was the information. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but let's, yeah, let's talk about the Zoe thing. So Zoe is this programme, isn't it? Now, I've done the Zoe programme. And what they do is they send you muffins and they send you a little blood sugar monitor and you have to eat the muffins. My favourite bit was um, they send you a little hammock, a poo hammock that you hang over the toilet. Yes. And you have to poo into the hammock. That was a new life experience. Wow. Again, quite satisfying. That's quite a niche uh, fetish, but yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's a place for everything on the internet. <laughs> and then you send off your poo and you set, and you wear this sensor for a couple of weeks. And then what's cool is it sort of tells you what foods are see again i don't want to say good and bad for you because i know that's not your thing sarah but which foods your body has a strong response to in terms of blood sugar is am i have i explained that correctly yeah so the purpose of the test is to look at how you respond to food because we Mm. know that everyone responds differently so what's right for you won't be right for helen for example Mm. um which also is why i get frustrated about all of the nonsense out there that oh you've got to follow this diet or that diet you know because we all respond really differently and so by you doing all of these tests, we look at how you process food and then we feed back information on what we think is the healthiest food for you. But that's not telling you you can eat this or you can't eat that. That's right. just giving you you know, the knowledge to be able to say, actually, do you know what? I do like, I don't know, chocolate, but this might be a healthier chocolate than that chocolate, for example. Yeah, or like mine says, like, I have a very strong reaction to jacket potatoes. So I'm like Brian <laughs> Harvey. I can't eat three in a go. I might run myself over. Do you know what I mean? But if I have it with a lot of butter and cheese, because yeah, it's yeah. all about as well how fat and carb interact yeah, yeah. and all that mm. stuff. I found, I mean, to be honest, I found anything that's basically about me absolutely fascinating. Uh, but honestly, I thought it was I thought it was amazing. And you, you've got, I mean, you've got the muffins in your freezer, Helen. I have. I've got every <laughs> intention of, of, of eating your muffins and sending you my <laughs> shit, uh, um, Sarah. I, I I want to do it. I do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be brave and do it. And I think. But I. I. I was with Ellie because I'm with Ellie most days. And I was fascinated. She would get her phone and like scan her arm with the little magic button that she stuck. Oh, in her I felt arm. like a cyborg. I bloody loved it. Oh, but but also I loved that you got. I can eat anything today. And like she was having like a white bread, like cheese sandwich, and then a can of coke. She's like, I'm just gonna see how it goes. I'm just gonna see how it goes. And it is fascinating because I think we all kind of 
generally genuinely know what makes us feel good like yeah. if we eat a massive bowl of mac and cheese followed by like lots of fizzy drink we're going to feel a bit sluggish aren't we yeah. as opposed to like a salmon stir fry or whatever but we still eat the shit don't we we sort of go into autopilot so it's good to kind of be I don't know reprogrammed a bit in a way isn't it yeah I mean like you said everyone wants to know about themselves mm. and there's this really big area of what we call citizen science now that and I think it's really exploded since covid of people firstly realizing do you know what I might be 30 40 but actually my health is immediate rather than thinking oh it's you know let's worry about it when I'm 70 or 80 um, and so loads of people are interested in finding out more about themselves but also what's really important is sharing it back with us as researchers so that we can then understand more about for example how food impacts our health etc and what we see is that everyone responds so differently. And so it's a case of you learning about how you respond, what works for you, but what you enjoy. That's at the yeah. heart of everything. If you don't enjoy it, don't eat it. Oh, right, okay. Because this In my is opinion. it. <laughs> I, I, I like this whole thing of like, oh, you know, no food is bad and, you know, it's not about rules and don't eat this, don't eat But on the other hand, if we do want to be a bit healthier and if we do want to look after our bodies and our gut health, I mean, there has to be some sort of, guidance i mean what rules do you live by sarah if you have any like what do you what do you eat so i live by pleasure i i'm really strongly believe that food is part of our culture our emotions our um you know how we feel at that point in time and so i generally eat what i want at the point in time or what's in my cupboard mm. but I eat for pleasure most importantly within reason now that's, I, that's the trick isn't it because if I eat for pleasure I'd have pizza for breakfast and probably lunch but you dinner. know what if you probably if you let yourself eat or if you ate whatever you wanted for a week let's say Fray pizza steak and ale pies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. a pizza for breakfast oh, endless man. chocolate blah 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 probably after a week you'd actually feel quite rubbish and you'd actually yeah. probably want to eat slightly different food that probably would be more healthy food and so this is what I think I've, I've had that in January for example when like Christmas you've gone absolutely yeah. bananas you know pints Bailey smoothies for breakfast and then yeah it gets to about January the 3rd and you're like oh god oh, I'm eyeing up that lettuce now that looks de- delightful <laughs> and so this is the thing if you deny yourself something you're just going to want it more yeah. aren't you mm. same with kids as well if they're the kid that can't have chocolate at home they go to a party and they just gorge on it yeah. and I think it, it, you know it follows through from children right through to adulthood don't deny yourself stuff and then I don't think you're in most cases you're not going to then overeat on the really bad stuff now there is the problem that our food environment is full of very heavily processed food so it is more challenging for us yeah to, to make all, the right choices we've but... all been in a greg sarah it's <laughs> very hard to work and walk out of there for me without a steak bake and a sausage roll mm. and possibly a handbag wet it's very difficult and also it's affordable you know yeah. people are really people mm-hmm. are really very strong. reasonably priced yeah you know uh, you know when i was a poor student like i just lived off you know the cheapest pasta possible and a jar of pesto and that could last me like a week there's really no nutrients you know mm. it's just pure carbohydrates but that's all i could afford it wasn't you know vegetables and and eating sort of fresh food can be quite or getting you know organic chicken and all the things that you feel like you should but yeah you can you can have a pot noodle for a pound you know and and fill yourself up but really it's not it's not the best so there's so many different factors that are as you were saying influencing 
how we eat, when we eat. And I think I wanted to talk to you actually because I think, you know, most of our listeners are, are mums. And, you know, when our, our diet kind of goes out the window is when we're really fucking tired and we haven't and we feel like food can replace, you know, a few hours sleep, but it, mm. it really can't. We have that sort of thing like, oh, I just need a biscuit or I need, you know, I'm eating, I'm eating the, the, uh, the toast crusts and things like that just to get through the day i used to drive to sainsbury's and buy a whole ham knuckle this, and eat it this is car. erotic actually that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, oh, that made me love you even more when oh, you I miss it. i might do that today why not that's pleasure really that's <laughs> pleasure that just pleasure. take some kitchen towel with you so you can still hold the steering wheel yeah. afterwards yeah i mean yeah that's exactly what helen said what advice do you have for people who are like look you know i'd love to be healthy and all this, but i'm i haven't got a lot of money or yeah i've got a baby and i'm exhausted my body's craving biscuits all day or you know what do you say to those people so I think it's challenging and particularly de- it depends also on your circumstances at that point in time. So if I can give you an example from our research, quite a specific example to illustrate a point of where maybe you could make changes, but the challenges that you face. So let's say, for example, the person that you just took, they're tired, they've not slept very well. Mm. So what we know I mean, is that... that describes 90% of the middle-aged <laughs> women I know, to be honest. It describes <laughs> me every off. day. <laughs> okay, no so, to ourselves. So for the majority of people who wake up tired haven't slept very well you know what happens is is your reward centers in your brain are going to be telling you oh my gosh you know we need to go into that kind of you know that fight or flight so what we need is we need quick fix we need Mm. refined carbohydrates we need sweet stuff so Mm. we get that quick sugar rush what we also know from our own research is that if you have a poor night's sleep you have a poor blood sugar response after a poor night's sleep compared to if you had a good uh, night's Ah. sleep which is why you want burgers and stuff when you're hungover right which is yeah 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 or like you know pastry Coke, that sort of thing. Mm. So, what we mean by blood sugar response is after you have a meal containing carbohydrates, so like the muffins you had, you in the immediate two hours you have an increase in circulating sugar. So Mm. sugar in your blood. Um, And we know that if that's really high, it sets off a whole cascade of unfavorable health effects like inflammation, etc. But what also happens is about two hours after that, quite a lot of people get what's called a blood sugar dip. So I don't know if you've ever felt, you know, when you've eaten loads of sweets or loads of refined carbohydrates, maybe two or three hours after, um, you know, maybe a bit shaky, really hungry. Really vague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like brain decision, foggy. Like yes, that's the, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, so let's go back to the example you said where you've got someone or 90% of the people listening, for example, they've slept really badly. So their reward centres are saying, hey, go and eat all this crap food. They go and eat that crap food. They then have a worse blood sugar response. They have this right. big spike, which we know is bad for health. Then they have this dip. And what we know from our own research is if you do have a dip, you go on to be hungry a lot sooner. You go on to eat about 100 extra calories at your next meal. You go on to have an extra 300 calories over the whole day compared to oh. compared to if it was a day where you hadn't you had a dip. dick. <laughs> and... <laughs> And you feel less alert. So exactly what you said, Helen, that you feel like, you know, foggy, etc. So the problem is, is it's let's say you've had that breakfast, I don't know, at like seven o'clock. It's now 10 o'clock and you're in that dip. So you've already, you know, kind of insulted your body with yeah, that you've spike you've, really you've already I like insult I'm insulting my body <laughs> you know, okay. you've already made it grumpy with the yeah. dip and so you're on this kind of roller coaster yeah. and that's the problem is to get off that roller coaster and so I'm a great believer in let's not obsess about the food but let's maybe try and start the day so we don't start off on that roller coaster so that then you're on a kind of smoother path throughout the day you say that but before we start recording you told me that you're quite partial to a pano chocolat yeah. <laughs> come on where's that on your roller coaster well, strap got, in it's yeah. got quite a bit of fat in it so oh, it doesn't give okay. such a big sugar spike but actually 
I so I've worn the continuous glucose monitor, which is the monitor that you wear on your arm that tells you over fourteen days oh, yeah. what your glucose level is. I loved which it so much. Worn. I asked him if I could have another one. <laughs> I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm a like cyborg. This. I'm a fucking robot. I'm <laughs> but you know, it's really it's really interesting because mm. I've I've worked in nutrition research for twenty five years, and I've never nothing's ever especially surprised me. I mean, everything's fascinated me, but I've never thought, wow, I'm going to change what I do. But wearing that glucose monitor and seeing how I dipped after my typical breakfast that I used to have, for example, I'd have white bread with butter, um, made me realise, actually, I am going to change that because Mm. I can see, because I'd know that two hours later, I'd be really hangry, I'd be grumpy, I'd be desperately hungry. And, you know, so doing that made me realise what I was doing to my body. So that's why I don't always have pan of chocolates for breakfast now. Yeah, but now and again. Yeah, no, that's what I've had. So when I did, and then you get this sort of report, don't you, again, about yourself, which is amazing. And I found that, yeah, I'm, I'm susceptible to sugar um, and not so much fat and stuff like that. And also you get like a gut health thing and it tells you exactly what like little bacteria are living in your gut, which again, just made me feel like I live in the future. I bloody love it. And there's this parasite that I think only a third of people have or something that's really good yeah. for you. And I've got the parasite. She fucking does. Yes. I, I don't have it. Oh, now, I'm I'm, now I now now this is motivating me. Because now you need to like, start with my friend like, she's got that toy. She's got that Tomagachi. I want that. If you haven't got it, I don't mind giving you a little donation, oh, yes. a little poo transplant. I'm, I'm surprised that. that we don't have matching but we butt guyomes. Butt guyomes. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah said to talk about the butt guyome. <laughs> oh my god, gut biomes. Uh, because you Ellie need to like, eat some breakfast. Yeah, I know. She, I, I, I do, I do get quite hangry, and I, I, I'm making a public apology now. Ellie and I have been friends slash business colleagues um, uh, for ten years, and she's had to put up with a lot of vague hangry Helen because we'd be like on the road and I used to I used to eat like a bag of licorice all sorts or a bag of wine gums and by the time we got to the venue I was beside myself because yeah, you're probably having that dip mm, yeah that I and talked about I, I, I know that if I open a bag of sweets I I can't have two I have to have the whole thing so I've just not bought them anymore I just don't buy sugar but I I make a rule that if I have sugar um, like I'll make biscuits or cakes with the kids yeah and then I'll enjoy that because I'll enjoy the process and I'll have that you know with dinner or, or whatever yeah. or I'll make it for friends or whatever that but I yeah I would I would easily eat a bag of Haribo by myself but I think what you just said is a really good way of thinking about the food that you have and what you know I was saying earlier that actually the Haribo makes you feel rubbish yeah so rather than think oh I'm denying myself I mustn't eat it I must be good which I think personally is just the wrong way to go Mm. you know it makes you feel rubbish so it's more of a choice actually I don't want to feel rubbish so why don't I have this yeah yeah, because it's it's quite immediate how rubbish you feel isn't Mm. it yeah yeah definitely but yeah so we hear a lot about the gut these days don't me and like sometimes I, re- I hear so much about it I think oh god it feels like the microbiome is the answer to all life's problems and if only I can get enough <laughs> eat enough yogurt I'll live forever surely that's bollocks though isn't it do you know what there's loads of bollocks out there I think and um especially around the microbiome but do you know around food around so much related to come on nutrition. what really makes you come angry on, let's Sarah some <laughs> let's, let's, let's take a hammer to the, yes. the, the, the nutribollocks yeah do you know what pisses me off the most is that everyone has an opinion on food because everyone eats. Everyone thinks they know the answer. Mm. Um, and the miscommunication that's out there 
from like total nutters, like some of the stuff from Goop. Have you heard of Goop? Oh, we've heard of Goop. Um, and <laughs> you mean you, you know, don't steam your vagina? Come on now. <laughs> and like you know, every day you see a headline in a newspaper, and as a scientist, I look at it and I think, oh my god, they have totally misreported the findings from this study. Mm. And I mean, there's loads of nonsense out there that, sadly, I think is quite damaging. For example, you know, the alkaline diet, the blood group diet the electrolyte diet. I mean, it's nonsense. It's not based it, on yeah. any science. And you've got people, didn't well, firstly, they're spending lots of money, wasting money, and you've got people denying themselves so much pleasure because they think, oh, my God, this is going to be, you mm. know, the answer for everything. And that, that I think, that makes me angry because I think that people are doing things when it's not when you know denying themselves that pleasure that they should have from food but then what I also get really frustrated about is all of the miscommunication out there about science and it was interesting there was a study that came out last year to do with red meat and there were two two different papers reported on this exact study Mm. one the headline was red meat is killing us all is going to give you cancer the other study was red meat um, scientists have got it all wrong it's fine to eat And it was just the way that they had interpreted the data. Wait, which one's right? (laughs) Now, it's all about what it's compared to, because when you do any research with food or or nutrients, you obviously, to add something into the diet, you take something away, don't you? Right. And so it depends what you're comparing it to. So when it's comparing red meat to having, you know, unprocessed plant foods, for Mm. example, like fruits, vegetables, pulses then obviously the red meat's worse for you. But then if you're comparing red meat um, to like ultra-processed red meat Mm. and other ultra-processed foods, then in some instances the red meat's better for you. So steak or a cake, have a steak. (laughs) I can remember that. That's That's a catchphrase if you like, Doc. Absolutely excellent. (laughs) What about other diets? What about things like low-carb and things? How do we feel about that? So I think I would say that It depends what works for you. So the latest evidence around the whole should you go low carb, should you go, um, you know, low fat is that actually not everyone responds the same way. So there's some great research that came out from one of the professors we work with who's based at Stanford where he actually put people onto randomly allocated 150 people, half to a low carb diet, half to a low fat diet. And he actually found that about 50% of people responded really favourably, so in terms of weight and other health metrics, the low carb, and 50% responded really well to the low fat. Mm. So it just depends on you as an individual, which is why we're doing all of this personalised nutrition work that we're doing at Zoe to see what works for you might not necessarily work for someone else. And so it takes me back to the point earlier that don't worry about what someone else is doing. Don't listen to maybe, you know, someone will say, oh my gosh, I've tried this thing and this works for me. Well, it might work for them, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Mm. Yeah, and also it's all about your history and how old you are and where you're at and how much exercise you're doing and all, all so, you know, your, your whole, into how much sleep you have, all those sort of things. Yeah. Because I get asked all the time about weight loss. I don't want to tell anyone about that. I don't feel, I feel like if what I've done is not, it's not going to work for yeah. you. And so, oh they said what have you had for breakfast and what do you eat then and what do you know that is not gonna that you know you've got to work that out for yourself and I think and and I that's one of the things that fucks me off is like if I can do this so can you that's not true that's not true we're all you know made up really differently so I think that um yeah I think that can be really damaging but I think when you're talking about weight and when you're talking about relationships with food it's highly 
emotional Mm -hmm. it's not just a like well this is the science and you lead this at this time it's so tied up with our self-worth it's so tied up with our culture and how we you know and so you're not just presenting someone with the science you've got to kind of unpick habitual changes and why you eat and you know um and how that makes you feel in other ways as well yeah when i talk about nutrition or we'll talk about how food impacts our health i always break it down into four four broad areas which you've covered with what you've just said so it's not just about what you eat it's about who you are so your biology your genetics your microbiomes your trillions of, mm. of bugs your uh, sitting luxury, in your luxury unique <laughs> exclusive parasites that you might have if you're very very advanced yeah um so yeah it's it's what you eat who you are um so your biology it's how you eat so mm. I, I gave an example of sleep for example but you know time of day um how stressed you're feeling um the eating window so whether you're fasting that sort of thing and then it's also the why why are you making those choices so all the factors you talked about is it your built environment so for example can you access your you know fresh produce um fresh fruits and vegetables are they affordable to you can you actually physically get there you know are you having to eat what your kids want because like me you're bedraggled by the end of the evening and you just can't be doing with the argument and you'll just eat whatever they want Mm. you know so there's all of those factors and so i think if you can always think about well it's that what they're eating might work for them but actually who i am is different how i live my life is different and why i'm making those dietary choices is different Mm. and so that's why should you follow what that person is eating or that diet that's in you know the daily mail that week or whatever i don't follow anything that's in the daily mail (laughs) particularly the views on immigration but anyway yes (laughs) but lots of people do that's the reality and think well okay that's only one of those four factors yeah and And, and you go around in you go around in circles as well like i because i listen to a lot i like a lot of this stuff and I've, I've heard this thing about forget five a day we should be eating 30 different kinds yeah. of like fruit <laughs> vegetables nuts spices a week and I, I've tried to do it I've got to about 27 but well I mean, it's not it's not <laughs> stupid. but then I heard another podcast and they were like well that's nonsense because if you look at ancient Greece nobody was eating 30 things a week they had wheat and they had grapes and they had olives and that was it that was the end and then I said that to someone else and they were like yeah but they died at 35 so I'm like oh I don't how many things am I supposed to eat a week, Sarah? I need a number. Give me a number. I'm not giving you a number. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Damn I was it. hoping you might be 69, just for lols. <laughs> the thing is, is a lot of people compare what we're doing now and what we're eating now to, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago. But we don't live our lives. No. So those other they factors really that I talked about. They have really shit Wi-Fi then. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> and, you know, we don't... The how we eat is so different. Our lifestyles are so different. And our access to food is so different. And so I think it's really short-sighted to, to make those comparisons that, mm. you know, people do to how it was before. We have to think about the situation that we're in now. And so maybe those three items of foods were fine given the lifestyle people had them, but it not for now. Yeah. Screw those people. They're literally <laughs> dead to me. <laughs> now, I want to talk to you about not what we eat, but when we don't eat. So you've, you've talked about the um, the impact of intermittent fasting. And I want to because a lot of people are interested in it. And yeah. oh, how can I go like 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours without eating? But can you talk about the sort of the, the impact or the benefits from that as well? Yeah, so this is fits into that whole how we eat area mm. and into something called chrononutrition, which is all about the timing oh, of food. Awesome. Um, and we know that we have a body clock 
not just a body clock that we wake up in the morning, but every cell in our body has its own little body clock. And that what we should be doing, we believe based on latest evidence, is eating according to our body clock. Mm-hmm. And so that means not eating late into the night, but it also means giving our body a rest. So giving our body our microbes, um, our me- metabolic processes, you know, that are causing all these ups and downs, like the roller coaster I talked about in your sugar and fat, for example. And so this is the theory behind time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting, which is where you reduce what we call your eating window. So you reduce the time that you're eating yeah. and you increase the time that you're fasting to give you, you that rest. Um and the evidence seems to show um, it's quite new evidence, but it would show that there it does seem to be a benefit, that it does seem to be associated with a reduction in weight. But even if you don't lose weight with it, and I don't think that should be the primary purpose of practicing time-restricted eating, you see an improvement in your metabolic health. So you see an improvement in your blood sugar control or your insulin sensitivity. You see a reduction often in inflammation. And we know that this is a big problem, you know, in, in modern age with lots of food causing inflammation, which increases our risk of uh, mm. chronic diseases. Um, and a new area uh, that's emerging is seeing how time-restricted eating impacts your gut microbiome, that there's some suggestion it might also improve the health of your gut microbiome. But one thing I'd caveat this with is that I don't believe that people should be doing it to the extent that some people are, where it actually really impacts their life. Mm. So you, lots of people do the six, oh, I can't do my math, 618, yeah. <laughs> where you do a six, six hour eating window, an 18 hour fast. So that means you might start at 10 and finish at four. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I don't know about you ladies, but I do not want to be sitting there from four in the evening and not drinking my wine or eating my cheese no, and biscuits. Or, no, I can't and, do that. I can skip breakfast easily, but I cannot like stop and then just go, I'm not going to eat anything for the rest it of the was, day. And it it's, really uns- well. it's really unsociable, yeah. I think, yeah, as well. Yeah, lunch and dinner are, are social. You know, I think it's easy to kind of have a black coffee for breakfast. You can yeah. do that. But like to not sit around a kitchen table or, you know, sit with your kids and not eat, they notice. Like I've, I've done, uh, you know, bouts of intermittent fasting and they're like, why aren't you eating? And I don't, you know, I, and they're like, are you doing that thing? Should I do that? Am I fat? Yeah. You know, like, and, it, and I, I was very conscious of that. And so then I just sort of shifted like dinner time to like 5.30 and then I would make sure I'd have dinner with them. Yeah. Like, so, I, you know, because, you know, kids are just, they observe that stuff. And like, why aren't you, you know? Yeah. And going back to what I said earlier, you know, food should be there as well as to fuel us to give us pleasure. Mm. And I, my take on the evidence, and, you know, there isn't lots of evidence out there, but for what evidence there is, if you can fast for 12 um, or preferably 14 hours, so if you're having a 10 hour eating window, that seems to be just as effective as doing some of these extremes. Mm. So, and this is the same with everything to do with nutrition. All of these extremes that have a big, huge impact on how you live your life actually often have only a minor impact on their the added health benefit Mm. so from going from a six hour eating window to a 10 hour eating window i think impacts the way you live your life massively but actually the added benefit for your health is almost nothing right Mm. and this is where and this is where people i think need to think about what they're doing do they really need to go that extra extreme that can be really bloody miserable yeah Mm. um when it doesn't have much impact and so if people want to do time restricted eating my recommendation is 10 14 is absolutely um you know spot on for Mm. getting a good benefit 
But most important, the evidence shows it's the late night eating that's the problem. Right. Okay. And so if you can try... I mean, you and... have like late night curries after every show. I mean, that's, every <laughs> that's show. insane. That's madness. <laughs> well, I'm a proper late night snacker. Uh, you know, a bit of cheese and biscuits with my wine at, mm. at 10 at night. It's a fucking joy of life. Mm. You're, not do, you're not doing again, it every it's, night. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, one of my favourite... Mine and Helen's favourite eating window, let's be honest, babes, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. We like to like start the eating window at 12 with a lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And then we like that lunch to last for about eight hours. <laughs> eight to nine hours, We're yeah. talking five courses. We're talking amuse-bouches. We're talking cheese boards. We always... We, the other day we oh, went for lunch. all of the drinks. There was three of us. We ordered every starter on the menu. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> delightful. Many cocktails. Oh, yes. And then get home and in bed by nine. That's... I mean, surely that's not that bad for you. A long lunch every day. Oh, I'm not going to comment on the multiple cocktails. But. <laughs> well, no, but I wanted to ask you about outdoors. So, um, also, this gives me a chance to plug my own uh, spin-off podcast. Sort You've your got a shit new podcast, up. I have, mate. I have, mate. It is wonderful. Um, by the time this comes out, all of the episodes will be available. Helen, Ooh. thank you for asking. Wherever you get your podcast, so it's called Sort Your Shit Out, and it's all about. I'm going to start. I'm going to use the word Helen. You ready? I have to prepare. I'm going. It's about my journey. <gasps> it's really hard, um, guys. Well done, in, Ellie. Uh, something that's really hard thanks for guys yeah in kind of uh reducing my alcohol mm-hmm. right because i you know as well, i went to find out if i was an alcoholic turns out i don't think i am so that's a relief but it was about you know just i was drinking a bit too much and cutting down and um, so where does all where does alcohol fit into your sort of nutri bollocks you know but living our lives but pleasure thing Sarah, how much red wine can we drink? It's That's full of, what we're saying. It's, it's, it's full of goodness. <laughs> it's best for I love, it's I love red. It's got, it's got Try saying that after five glasses of saving your. It's got loads of polyphenols in. If you Thank have you. red wine, polyphenols. Is that what you're polyphenols. Polyphenols is my drag name. <laughs> so, as boring as it sounds, it's all about moderation, and I think this is why a lot of people like myself who have just sound messages and we'll talk about moderation don't get the airtime and why you have all of the nutribolics out there because i'm not going to say oh this is the magic number for your plants i'm not yeah. going to say this is the magic number for alcohol or here's your silver bullet go and whatever you know suck on this and you'll <laughs> um uh live forever you know it's oh that's what someone said to me <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> um, and, you know, there isn't that kind of magic answer. It's, it's can be quite boring. It's about things yeah. in moderation. And alcohol is a perfect example. And I wanted to talk about kids as well. Now, I know you're not a baby, a sort of kids nutrition yeah. expert. I'm not going to ask you what we should be feeding our children or anything like that. But and it's something I struggle with, sort of how to talk to my kids about this thing, because no one wants their kids to have, um, a, a, you know, food issues, right, mm-hmm. or body issues or any of that stuff. Um, but kids are obviously aware of nutrition and they're aware of what their own body looks mm. like. And how do we talk to kids about making healthy choices when it comes to food and balancing that thing of yes you can have the crisps but always but also you can have an apple because unlike adults i don't think kids are as good at no doing the maths of going if i eat four packets of pom bears i'll feel shit they just want the fucking pom bears mm. yeah so how do we talk to our kids about that so i can only tell you from my own personal perspective that i think that Children up to a certain age, it's well known, are very clever at modulating their energy intake. They know when they're full, they know when they're hungry. And so that's one thing that I think is well recognised that, you know, in the younger years, they, if they are full, they'll just. Do you mean like preschool or like what? 
um, I can't remember the exact age, but I, from my understanding, I think up till about the age of six or seven, okay. children generally can modulate their energy intake. So this means that for, for me, I've, if my child says they don't want any more then or of their dinner, then I've not said, oh, you must finish your plate. Yeah. Likewise, when they're hungry, I let them have food. And so I think it's really important from a young age to enable a child to know when they're hungry and when they're full. And I think that then sets them up, you know, for adulthood to know to eat when they're hungry rather mm. than eat because there's an external cue mm. um, and to stop eating when they're full. So I've got really strong fullness and um, hunger cues. So I assume if, I do, if I'm full halfway through a meal, I won't finish it. But if yeah. I'm hungry, even if it's half an hour later and half an hour and half an hour later, I'll eat. And that's how I allow my children to eat because I think that's really important to set them up mm. to be able to listen to their own body. And, you know, where we see, for example, as adult, in adulthood, people going wrong, I think often, I mean, it's very complicated, uh, you know, if we're talking about weight management, but I think often in the way that people are eating is not listening to their hunger cues, not listening to their fullness cues. And this is why also weight dieting fails often because people are calorie counting mm. which we know is totally flawed so that and that's nutribolics calorie counting is is bullshit we're saying so calories are not nutribolics because right. calories they exist as energy. a real thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like saying electricity is a fiction isn't it sorry but calorie counting as a effective long-term mm. solution for weight gain I don't believe in and I think Mm. the evidence is quite clear around this Mm. and I think that's an example of um, using an external cue rather than listening to your hunger and fullness and then it also by calorie counting and therefore potentially starving your body you muck up the whole feedback system Mm. as well so if I was to calorie count um, and to reduce my energy intake from calories let's say by 100 calories what happens is is feedback signals go to my brain not to say eat an extra 100 calories because you've just had a loss of 100 calories they it goes to say eat even more than that you know eat 150 calories so then you're fighting against these you know just too much it's like an uphill struggle then and your body can fight against that for how you know for a certain period of time hence why calorie counting can induce quick weight loss Mm. but the problem is is that to sustain that in the long term is really really tough and I think that's what I don't believe in about calorie counting and also because if you reduce your energy intake you change your um, metabolism you also change your metabolic rate and so you're just fighting a losing battle but if you can change your weight through other means like for some people time restricted eating Mm. people um, time restricted eating often results in weight loss because people have improved their metabolic health Right. And the weight loss is a secondary thing. And this is exactly what we're doing at Zoe. We're not actually focused on weight loss at all. Mm. With the Zoe programme, and I hope you found this, it was all about improving, eating the foods that make you feel good, eating the foods that are right for your metabolism. Now, for some people, a byproduct of that is weight loss, but it will be slow, but it will be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So it will last longer. Mm. But yeah, going back to the kids. Yeah, thing, that was a long answer. Yeah, no, to no, kids. no, it's great. <laughs> yeah. We went but, into yeah, calories. I've got, I've got two boys that are eight and 11, and they just want to eat like all of the time like they come in from school ravenous and like I'll be like right have a banana have an apple and then they will and they'll be like more and then they want the crisps and the derrily dunkers and even and then they're still like how like do I just keep putting food in what feels like these enormous bins (laughs) but are they healthy I mean they look really well they look really good yeah I don't think they've got scurvy no I mean we could (laughs) test them 
but like when when my kids get home from school they are ravenous and so generally i'll stop work for a bit i'll feed the kids because i know they're really hungry now yes they do want a snack again later in the evening but if i wait until six or seven then they will just pick non-stop yeah and if you think about um well you look a lot younger than me so you might be slightly different generation but when i was a child in the 70s how old are you Sam? 46 i'm 45 you look you look about 12 <laughs> i look about 58 but that's because i smoke um but yes um yeah, okay so that's that's smoking later. is that good for your health no <laughs> i mean the jury's out okay anyway um <laughs> but okay so a similar generation where when i got home from school about 30 minutes later tea we had tea so I'm sure I was fed by fourth there was none of this waiting till the dad came home or the mum you know finished work etc and so I think we're generally feeding our children a lot later Mm. so there is that period of being ravenous Mm. and yeah they get fed at lunch at school at like 12 o'clock so by half four they're, they're, they're right. not, they don't have the same bodies as us. They need more frequent feeding. Yeah, we like to eat all together at like half six because that's when we finish work. But yeah, in, back in the... 5.35, Neighbours is on yeah. and your tea's <laughs> on the table. Scott I and think... Charlene and baked beans and we were happy. <laughs> Better times, uh, uh, I would before say. before Neighbours, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about, I mean, like, you know, kids, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Um, what about women when they get older? Because that your body's the way you respond to food and how you hang on to weight... That changes too, because you did. It was a massive menopause study, is that right? Yeah, yeah. We published on this um, uh, last year, and so we know that both men and women, as you age, your body changes, how you process food changes, all different health outcome changes. So, for example, very hairy. I mean, <laughs> can you restrict that? No. Stop Laser mulching. hair removal. Laser hair removal. Fine. Okay. Good. Um, so we know that, for example, as you age, that where you deposit the fat changes, your blood pressure increases, your cholesterol increases your inflammatory levels increase now up until the stage of the menopause men um, generally aren't doing so well compared to women so we're rocking it in terms of we've got lower blood pressure for any given age lower cholesterol etc and so we're on like a different path to men soon as we hit sometimes a different planet (laughs) and as soon as we hit that perimenopausal phase so that's the time that our estrogen starting to decline which Mm -hmm. can be anything from a year to 10 years even for some women yeah so as soon as we hit that perimenopausal phase which is where the estrogen is declining before we're postmenopausal or load starts changing in our body including how we respond to food so if you in 10 years for example, do your continuous glucose monitor again, you'll probably find that your responses will be quite different to how they are now, assuming that you're premenopausal. I might just have one implanted permanently. I love it. (laughs) Bloody great. Um, And so suddenly we catch up with men, but Mm. we also overtake men in terms of... No, but in terms of... um, (laughs) um, In terms of the health outcomes being worse for us than they are for men. So no, not brilliant. Um, There's just so many benefits of menopause, really. It's good that people are talking about it at the moment. but, But also, like... God, it's a lot, isn't it? And you don't know what symptoms you're going to get. You don't know how yeah. you're going to face that. And you don't know when it's going to come. It's sort of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, quite often you'll get it the same same times roughly your mother will have Mm. um and in terms of menopause i think it's really helpful to think of it in two different ways firstly the symptoms so that's what most people are talking about so you have davina mccall you have all of these other influencers that are talking loads she is a famous symptom of menopause davina mccall (laughs) she starts popping up in your feed more it's definitely begun yeah um and 
you know, people talk about symptoms more now. I mean, they didn't even mm. five, ten years ago. I don't think they were in about how burdensome they are. And, you know, because they're really prevalent. And our research shows, for example, if you're perimenopausal, so that pre-menopause phase, 80% of women have sleep disturbances. 70% of women have anxiety, um, have brain fog, have hot flushes. Now, that's one side of the menopause that, you know, and again, it's variable, like, mm. you know, everyone's symptoms in terms of what symptoms they have, how severe they are, is variable. And also the way the symptoms present themselves in that your oestrogen fluctuates as it declines. You don't suddenly start hot flushes, that's it, five years of hot flushes. You might have a month of them, you might stop for a month, you might start again. But another side of menopause that I don't think is talked about enough is the fact that with your oestrogen declining and with the fact that nearly every cell in your body is impacted by oestrogen and has oestrogen receptors. So what this means is that this is why you also have this increased risk of some of these unfavourable health effects that I mentioned. So increased blood pressure, um, increased cholesterol, change in where your body fat is. So premenopausally, women deposit fat here at the hips. Yeah. Um, which we know isn't particularly unfavourable. You might yeah. not want it there, but yeah, in terms yeah. of health, it's not unfavourable. Um Postmenopausally mm. and perimenopausally, what oestrogen does is it directs it away from there to your belly. Yeah. Um, and we know that, okay, you might not want it on your belly for aesthetic, you know, for mm. how you look, but also we know that if it's on your belly, that also it's more metabolically harmful. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the reason that you have some of these other unfavourable effects like increased blood pressure and, and cholesterol. Right. So there's a lot going on as mm. you hit the menopause. And what we also know from our own research is how you process food differs. So Ellie, you know from the continuous glucose monitor, you could see in response to all different foods over that two weeks, your mm. blood sugar response. And what we know is if you, let's say you had those muffins, um, before you went through the menopause and then you had the exact same muffins after the menopause, you would have a worse blood sugar response after the menopause oh. than before. And also you'd have a bigger blood sugar dip if you were someone that dipped. Mm. And so it's not just the obvious things that change, but also how we're processing food. So you often hear of women saying, I'm eating exactly the same that I've always ate, but look, I'm putting on weight or yeah. I'm feeling like this. It's because our metabolism is changing as well and how we're processing it is changing. Mm. So what do we do about that then? Um, <laughs> if I had the answer to that, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd be... Uh... <laughs> so we know it's changing, but then it's, is it... There are, yeah. there are some things you can do. So for some women, they might want to go on to HRT, so hormone replacement therapy. And from our research and other published research, we know that for women that are on HRT, you don't suddenly get that jump up above men that I talked about. So mm -hmm. you don't get that sudden jump in increased blood pressure, increased cholesterol, increased inflammation, increased risk of cardiovascular disease. We also know from our own research, women taking HRT versus those not don't have these unfavorable effects on their sugar, blood sugar, and how they respond to food. So that's one option. The other thing is, is to be a bit more mindful about the types of food that you're eating. Mm. And so to be a bit more mindful about the fact that, yes, I am processing food a little bit differently. So you know, these are my three favourite breakfasts. You know, one could be white toast with butter, one could be pan of chocolates, and one is um, yoghurt and chopped nuts. These are mine, actually. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and knowing that actually I process 
I am perimenopausal, so I know that I'm processing the sugar less well. So maybe I should opt for the yogurt and chopped nuts or the pan of chocolate because that's got fat and, you know, which will also slow down some of the digestion mm. um, of the sugar rather than the white thing. So you can make small, mm. small changes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like you say, I think it's it's about it's about balance, mate. Isn't that's it. it. That's like, it. Making everything. God, my friend it's is dull, a... but it's true. Yes, it's so dull. <laughs> but but also, you know, now that we're a bit older and the kids are a bit older, we do have that time to think about what we put in our mouths, don't we, Ellie? <laughs> You've spent too much time thinking about it, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, now, uh, thank you so much, Dr. Sarah. I feel very enlightened. Do I you? Very, very, I feel like I can do this. I, can, yeah. I, can, I will send you my poo. I promise, Sarah. <laughs> oh, I, promise. I just want a jacket potato and a pano chocolat now. But, um, oh, just yes, put loads please. of cheese and butter on it. Oh, oh always. Just stop sorted. me. Yeah. I like cheese and sour cream. That's oh, the, yeah, that's, that's nice. Or tuna mayonnaise and cheese we like, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. Oh. And sometimes I like those little crunchy bacon bits, which I know are not good for me, but God, they're oh, fucking they're delicious, nice, aren't they? Absolutely. Anyway, I'm off, we're off in a reverie now. Yeah. Um, now we do like to have a scummy mummy confession on the podcast Dr Sarah Helen do you have a confession I have a confession actually I'm going to ask you advice after this so I've I've been a bit backed up lately (laughs) oh god I've been I haven't you know I had a traffic jam you know a lot of stuff. no we've we've got the memo we're with you we're there yeah yeah. Um, anyway so I thought oh you know I'll treat myself I'll buy some laxatives and I was in (laughs) M&S if you're going to have an M&S if you're going to have a laxative have an M&S laxative do they sell them yeah they sell laxatives do they? Yeah. Oh, that's I was, new information. I, I was in the one in Green Park. It was very, oh, very, well. very... You've got yes, everything, Yes, no, it's really. for the tourists. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Those it, poor French people coming over here, being <laughs> poor sweet British food, probably need them. Yeah, those sausage rolls. They don't They don't move. Um, anyway, so I, I was at the checkout, and I thought, I'll just be really discreet. And I had my... I had I bought some fruit salad. I thought, well, hopefully that will move things, and, and laxatives. But I couldn't buy it, Sarah, because it is a science product. It's a, it's a medicine. And they were like... You know, uh, we'll need we'll need ID. So this young man had to come over and ID me so I could buy some laxative, and it was <laughs> so embarrassing. Neither of us could look each other in the eye. ID you for age? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I couldn't actually go through the process. Oh. I was, you know... Oh, we had like, to press the thing on the screen to say, yes, she's over 18. Yes, yeah. exactly. So people were waiting behind me and I was like oh. showing them the laxatives. It was all very awkward. Um, but I've, I've had a bit of an issue recently. My farts smell really bad. My oh, children God. keep asking me, Can, why, do, why do farts smell so... What, what am I doing wrong? Gosh, I'm the wrong person to ask that. You need to have Tim Spector on the show. <laughs> Should we get Tim Spector from get, Fart Just chat? to ask him about the stench <laughs> of your he, He's the poo, the poo expert. All right, uh, fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's just, it's bad. And, I, you know, I've started dating someone and I haven't farted in front. I mean, I'm telling you a lot, but um, I'm trying not to. Anyway, um, don't buy laxatives unless you want to be publicly humiliated. <laughs> should I, I shouldn't be buying laxatives. I should have a varied diet. I'm, I'm answering my uh, uh, Increase your fiber instead. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got. I've got. I don't know if this is confessional news, really, but the sea monkeys, Helen, have come to life. So if you follow us on the Instagram, you might have seen that I got my son. Uh, sorry, Santa for Christmas got my yes. son and one of those little sea monkeys, which are these little weird eggs. These little. I so weird. I still don't. What understand are they? It. It's so weird. They come in these little sachets and you put them in the little plastic tank and then you put the water in and theoretically they spring to life. And um, my son received this for Christmas and declared it the best present he'd ever had. And um, well done, Santa. I was really glad, you know, that Santa spent all that time and money sourcing that quite rare BB-8 playset. He also asked for and presented that that was his best present, the 899 uh, weird <laughs> parasitic creatures that live in your house. So anyway, so we, we did the thing where you put the sea monkeys in the little tank and you fill it up with water and then you wait for what feels like four years and nothing happens and nothing happens and nothing happens. And then one day he was at school and I was like, oh, fucking hell, maybe we're supposed to feed them because get a little sachet of algae as well right mm. algae 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 something algae. like that yeah um, so and you know what i'm like sometimes i like a detail sometimes a bit i'm just a bit like oh fuck it it'll be all right so i just sort of tipped the sachet into the thing and it all went green <laughs> and then i looked at the instructions then i looked at the instructions perfect and it Good. said do not overfeed the sea monkeys tiny tiny scoop it said don't put the whole packet in because you'll drown them they'll suck they'll, they'll you... never hatch because you'll have taken all the oxygen out of the water yeah and uh, if the water's green then you fucked it uh i'd fucked it obviously so I had to secretly throw that away <gasps> and then buy another ah, sea so monkey. hilarious. But here's the thing. It came on Amazon's. I'm not proud of it, but that's the reality. It came on Amazon's, pay tax, and um, the tank that came was a different colour. The one that he'd had was blue and the new one came and it was pink. And I was Uh-oh. like, oh, no. But because he's eight, he didn't notice. Hooray! <laughs> well done. So that, was, uh, so that was good news. So that's my confession. Uh, I I lied and I bought new sea monkeys and I've done it properly. And now they have come to life and I really regret it because it's horrible. They're little parasites and they just have it off all the time and it's weird. I don't like it. I don't know where to put them in the toilet or will it be like in a film and they'll just grow large and take over London. Um, Sarah, do you have anything to share with us? I am trying to think. I'm not someone that's easily embarrassed. Mm. And... um, yeah, I embrace failure. <laughs> Good for so, you. So I'm struggling. I can voice message you on my way home because I'll probably think of about 100 things. You surely you've had a mishap with poo, somebody else's poo at yeah. work. Yeah, but that's just normal. For um, you! 
you you well, are well, we've had incidences like we have for example a freezer at work to store our poo which after a poo freezer we have Whoa, a poo this freezer. is a step up from the poo hammock this is unbelievable Whoa, poo storage imagine popping down to bloody oh. you know bee jams to buy yourself oh well, what's it for madam oh it's to store human excrement yeah. okay um, cool. So, and after the poo had been analysed um, and poo had been put in, unfortunately someone, and I won't say who, but you might be looking at them, left the uh, door open. So <gasps> it was a Friday. You the door the poo freezer. Oh, that is quite a smell. Sarah. It was a Friday and on a Monday it was not very pleasant. Oh, oh my God. God. That's an excellent confession. <laughs> that, that's that's an excrement confession. Oh, but do you know what? Oh. The most important thing is, which is why I see it as, a, as um, not something to worry about, is we'd already analysed it so we'd no, got the data no, we needed no, out of it no so it was just a bit unpleasant no, no i'm sorry you can't have that no if i worked in your office and i came in on a monday well, wasn't morning wasn't in my in my own personal office yeah, oh, let no. it go sarah let it go it's no, done you, now that's yeah. disgraceful that's absolutely disgraceful so that's about, that is worse than cooking a fish pie in the office microwave that's yeah. worse it was about 150 people's poo samples oh on about three God, occasions you know what so, it's like when, when when your child does a poo and then doesn't close the door you're like oh come on yeah. woof, you're gonna the candle it's all the things all defrosted and, oh wow that's, oh, that's no. excellent well that's, well, that's a brilliant confession <laughs> absolutely thank excellent. you thank, thank you. you so much for sharing uh, that's the end of the podcast you can come and see us live if you go to scummymummies.com all manner of tickets are available Helen we're going up and down the country Ellie we're in, in do you know what I'd love people to come to our show in Wales I'd yes. really and Lancaster are we just saying well because we can't work out if it's Cairnafon or Carnarfon yes. but Wales just say yes, Wales it's, yeah. it's Wales it's near Anglesey is it yes it's okay quite don't know where that is no neither do I I looked on the map Uh, (laughs) and uh, we're going to Burnley we're going to Cheltenham we're going to lots of lovely places so come and see us please scummymummies.com or follow us on social media at scummymummies and listen to Ellie's excellent podcast my podcast that's right it's a course and a podcast (laughs) listen to Ellie's excellent podcast sort your shit out and we're going to Nepal we may be in Nepal right now when they're listening to it who knows haven't worked it out yet have we Um, so that's what we're doing Um, Sarah where can people follow you and find out more about all your business so um, I'm on Instagram which is Dr Sarah Berry um, but we also have a podcast at Zoe very different to this podcast it's all about I'm science and nutrition it's excellent oh, thank yeah. you. it's like people like not like this nonsense it's people <laughs> actually having serious intelligent conversations about you know your bowels and things it's marvellous um, so I co-host that and that's um, Zoe Science and Nutrition Excellent. Yes, Wonderful. highly recommend it. There's whole episodes about drinking wine. You'll like it. It's yeah, good. that's my that's my jam. Yes, awesome. Oh well, thank you so much thank for coming you. on the podcast, Doctor Sarah Berry. Science done, complete. Yes, excellent. Finished. Don't forget to close that freezer door, everyone. <laughs> Until next time. Bye bye. I think that was a knock of the door. Oh. Hang on. Here's the coffee machine. It's all right. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. All right. The coffee machine Does it pick up all the uh, machine? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> ambience. It's ambience. Self clean. People machine. like the uh, natural homely feel, I've decided. Yeah, they do. Anyway, um, sorry. Back to you. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.